Well, I promised you that this would be a, a week full of blockbusters, and we've got another one today. This is the the feast of the slaughter of the innocents. Very, very fascinating, uh, interesting, and beautiful celebration or feast. We commemorate. We're used to commemorating martyrs who are adults, who are individuals who have professed faith consciously with their with the use of their reason. And uh, this is this is what we think of when we think of martyrs. But we have this ex- totally singularly unique example of martyrdom in little children, infants, who very likely did not have the use of reason. They were so young, only two years old. And uh, so we see that there is this kind of uh, kind of a miraculous thing that takes place where God uh, gives um, uh, this this example of martyrdom in. People who can't even reason, who are not even at the at the level of reason, God can take uh, anybody and use him as a witness to to His glory. And uh, our opening prayer has got it's very beautiful. It says basically uh, it's this contrast between professing the faith with our lips versus with our lives. And in a certain sense, we see in the Holy Innocents a professing of the faith not with the lips because they they couldn't have done that, but it's with their very lives that they their faith. Uh, and so also, we're called to be a people not of talk, but of, but of action. And we see this in the first reading as well. Uh, I love this one of my favorite sayings. It says um, that we need to walk in the light as Christ is in the light. And so, so walking in the light means living the Christian life. Living it. Not just talking about it, but actually living it. That, that's really important. Um, you know, for us who attend Mass, you know, attending Mass uh, is awesome. It's really good. We're worshiping God. You can't get any better than that. But it's important to know we've got to live out our faith as well as attend religious ceremonies and, you know, profess our faith in church. We've got to live it outside the doors of this building. Uh, and that's what it is to walk in the light. Um, the, the beautiful thing, too, it goes on that saying in, in the Gospel of John. It's one of my favorite sayings in the Bible. If we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. So we see that true communion with each other is going to be grounded in uh, virtuous living. And if we don't live virtuous lives, at least we're not striving to live a virtuous life, we can't be in communion with each other. So living a sinful life is actually a very lonely life because we're not in communion with anybody. We see this definitely in Herod. King Herod, who was the perpetrator of this this nasty act of violence against these children. Um, King Herod uh, was a wicked king. But a very interesting thing, I'm probably going to include a talk about him um, that you can find in Scott Hahn's book um, on the Feast of the Epiphany. But some things that that Scott Hahn is detailing in his book, very fascinating, is uh, Herod... uh, there, were, there was a sense amongst a lot of Jews in uh, at this time period that the Messiah was the coming of the Messiah was imminent. The Messiah, where's the Messiah? Where everybody's looking for the Messiah because there was a sense that he was his coming was imminent. And some had kind of thought perhaps perhaps Herod was the Messiah. Believe it or not, okay, because um, even though he was kind of a nasty dude, he was actually quite pious in his religious observance. Okay, he was very very strict. In his uh, Jewish um, dietary regulations, for example, like he never ate pork and all, all of those different things, he was actually quite uh, pious when it came to 
the, the externals of religion. Um, he was pretty nasty, though. He, he killed family members because he was very jealous and very, very insecure. Um, and uh, the Magi come to him and they say, you know, we've seen the star of the Messiah, and so where is he going to be born? Now, that's a reference to a prophecy in the Old Testament that talks about a star will come out of, uh, will arise out of Jacob. And it says, and it will overthrow Edom. Now, Edom was a neighboring uh, people group to the Israelites. And Herod, even though he was Jewish in his observance and his profession and his, in a lot of ways in his ethnicity, his deeper ethnicity, his deeper blood history was actually Edomite. And so what um, Scott Hahn is saying in his book here is that very likely King Herod knew this prophecy and so he was very threatened Okay, because people were saying, yeah, you could be the Messiah. And next thing you know, there's this prophecy about the star going to come and it's going to overthrow Edom. He knows that he's, so he's insecure. He, he knows he's not the real thing. Okay, and so he's got to eliminate Christ. Well, in contrast to that kind of nasty way of living, we as Christians need to walk in the light. And we do that by making way for Jesus. You know, think about what, what if Herod had just said, you know what? I'm going to recognize the true Messiah. I'm not him. I'm going to recognize the true Messiah. And I'm going to give room for him in my kingdom, in my life, in, in, in how I in how I act. What would have happened? Would Herod have been, you know, destroyed? No. No. Jesus is not competitive in that sense. Okay? Herod would have been A-OK. His reign would have been perfectly secure, probably more secure than it would have been otherwise. And uh, he would have had fellowship with others. He would have had fellowship with Christ. So for us, we're not the Messiah. we got we got to make room for the true king. And when we do that, and when we recognize Jesus' lordship in our lives and live according to his way and we walk in the light, we have fellowship with one another. We can be secure in ourselves and walk in humility. Notice in the Holy Family, I like... Also, just as the, as the innocents, the holy innocents, professed Christ without speaking, notice St. Joseph. He's the most silent but holy person in the Bible. There's not a single word recorded of St. Joseph in the Bible, but he's, he's the most holy of all the silent people in the Bible. He doesn't say a single word, but he does what's right. And I'm sure, you know, him and Mary and the baby Jesus, they were still relatively new to each other. The Holy Family was just getting started, and they had to go through a lot of hardship together. They went down to Egypt. They, they were basically migrants, and uh, they had to fled, fled, uh, flee the persecution of Herod. <clears throat> there probably wasn't a lot of talking between the, between the three of them, okay? But so like the Holy Innocents, they were, they were silent. They were quiet. Uh, nonetheless, they had true fellowship with each other. What, what holy communion would have existed between Jesus and Mary and Joseph, uh, and that's because Jesus, that's because Mary and Joseph made room for the true uh, Messiah. They made room for Christ, and Christ dwells in the midst of them, and therefore they they walked in the light and they had fellowship with one another. So that's my brothers and sisters, what we are called to do today as well.